Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Normally, we go straight to our top story, the biggest headline of the day, but it is Share the Show Tuesday. So we take this opportunity because we know there are going to be new listeners who just got the show shared to them listening. So we'll take a minute, tell you what the show is about, how to think about it, how to approach it, what it's for. And then we'll go on with our top story, which is a big one. It's Brad and I... We used to be on WSB Mainstream Media. We had our terrestrial radio show. We had a weekend show groomed for. They There's no such thing as a weekend show. It's always meant to be a daily show. So that's what we were trained to do. It became clear the writing was starting to be on the wall. And then ultimately the axe fell last February. We're pretty sure it was because of the content. You can go to the Monica Perez show on iTunes and find those last shows to see if you agree with us. But we were speaking truth to power about COVID and Event 201 and just lots of things, Jeffrey Epstein, Stacey Abrams, stuff like that. Probably not going to fly in the Atlanta mainstream media scene. But we took all of our great training and we decided, what the heck, there is no totally un unspun, just tell you the headlines from a perspective of truth, liberty and justice on a daily basis. There just isn't. There are people who walk things, but almost nobody really does it every single day. And what we do is not that we take the letter of the news seriously. It's that it is there for a reason, though. It's there to manipulate your opinions. It's there to manipulate policy. It's there to manipulate your children. It's there to manipulate high consumers of mainstream media. And if you have to live in the world, you need to understand what those people are learning, even if you cannot tolerate the mainstream media yourself. We do it so you don't have to. And the other thing that's been really huge for us and for our listeners, and it's like the majority of the shout outs we get, are that we help keep people sane when they think they are experiencing cognitive dissonance because what they're what the screens are blaring at them, what their kids are parroting to them just doesn't make sense, isn't consistent with anything they've ever learned before, with what they observe. So we're keeping each other sane. You don't always have a big community of people like in your neighborhood, but you do on this show. During this mass brainwashing experiment that's been going on and will continue, we're helping people stay sane. Propaganda has never played a larger role in the life of the American people. And that is a true fact, as they say. So that is what we are here for. But because we do rapid fire, 30 minutes free, 45 minutes if you're a patron, commercial free, we do it rapid fire. So the first time you listen, it might be hard to keep up. But by the third day you listen, you are going to completely be in the flow. You're going to understand it. And you're going to be glad that we keep this pace because you get the most bang for your buck. It's, it's designed for like a nice little commute. Hopefully you get to listen to it in the car. Uh, uninterrupted makes the time fly by. And we do try to insert a little bit of humor from start to finish and at least some warmth, some camaraderie. We have it for each other. Our community has it. Just check it out. Listen, we think you'll like it. And on with the show and our top story today, twofold. We're going to give you two big libertarian lessons in action today. One, why so-called price gouging is a good thing and why minimum wages are regressive. We're seeing it, seeing the impact of this, this principle every day in the news. They're not calling it minimum wage, but we're going to explain that to you. Binkley, yesterday I brought to you 
my insights into the colonial gas pipeline, gasoline fuel, not natural gas pipeline shutdown. It was I found in the news what probably most people overlooked was that the shutdown was a decision made by the pipeline company, they say, because of a cyber attack. But we don't know for sure. All we know is they made a decision to shut this thing down. And that is what has had this ripple effect. And you felt it firsthand last night, did you not? I did. I went to go get gas around 930, not for any reason of worry. I just was out of gas and I was out getting something to eat. So I went by the gas station. It was a quick trip and quick trip is sometimes crowded. It's not usually this crowded. It was a madhouse at quick trip. There were cars coming out of it. You, you couldn't even pull in. You know, sometimes places like like Chick-fil-A at lunchtime. Is oh, yeah. Around the cars. Block. Yeah. There was cars kind of hanging out. And when you pull in there, there's little confrontations going on. The cars pull up to the same pump at the same time because people were kind of freaking out. It took me a long time to finally get to a pump. And when I did, there was a truck in front of me at the pump in front of me. And he had been there the entire time because I saw him when I pulled in. And I start pumping gas and I look at him and he's kind of suspiciously looking around. I'm like, what's this guy doing? This guy's been here a while. Why is he looking around suspiciously? And he opens his door and he had filled up his big truck and he pulled out a giant gas canister that he was filling up as well. So he was hoarding it and he didn't want people to see. And I'm sure that was going on elsewhere, too. This is there's probably a couple of reasons for that. The guy was hoarding it for his own use, probably because he didn't didn't know what would happen to gas supplies. And there's a good chance that he was planning for a black market because the price, they have laws against raising price, yeah. price so-called price gouging, right? Yeah. Yeah. There, there are some price gouging laws. Yes. You think he, he could be flipping that gas on the That's what market? I'm saying. So here's the thing with price gouging, so-called price gouging. Price gouging is when you're, you're the gasoline guy, you, you sell gas and you, when there's a shortage like this, you spike the price of gas from two, three bucks to $10 a gallon. And what that does is that guy would have to make a decision whether he wants to gamble that gasoline is going to stay at $10 a gallon or be even more. And maybe that guy would have made that decision, but a lot of other people wouldn't have made that decision. A lot of other people would say, you know what, at 10 bucks a gallon, I'm just going to take what I need really conserve gas and wait it out. And at 10 bucks a gallon, the gasoline company is going to sell as much gas as they want. But there were price and wage controls in the 70s and the gasoline shortage, the gas crisis wasn't a supply issue. What it was, was they put price controls on. And because the gas companies couldn't raise the price of gas and labor, I don't know if... um the prices were high. I can't remember why, but they just said, well, look, I'm, I know I'm selling all of my gas at this price or they had limits on the amount they could sell. I don't know. But they just said, well, I'm, I'm just I'm going to slow down. I'm not going to hire anybody to pump gas. I'm not going to hire these employees. People can wait on lines around the block for all I care because I know all of my gas is going to get sold. So there were lines around the block. But if you let that guy just raise the price of gas, gas, then you don't have people speculating. When they speculate on price rises, they hoard it. And then you actually have less of the product out in the market. So like that guy took gas out of the market and he's sitting on it. Yeah. He's going to wait 
until the price, until the black market prices get high. But if he didn't, if there was no opportunity like that, he would just have not, not done that. Yeah, absolutely. And you nailed this yesterday. This is, this is infrastructure stuff going on here. It's actually a lot of things that they can accomplish with what does appear to be, to me, we talked about this yesterday. This appears to be kind of a drill, kind of a, a test. Absolutely felt like a drill because yesterday, if you go back to the show, if you didn't hear it, it, we talked about all the different government agencies that were involved, how they were coordinating across agencies, the kind of information and data they were monitoring about how the response rolled out, how people reacted to it. I mean, that that coupled with the fact that the shutdown was a conscious decision by Colonial. It's not like hackers went in and stopped all the, you know, closed all the valves. Yeah. Colonial closed it. And that's interesting you say the name of it. I didn't think about this until a little while ago. Colonial pipeline. Everything is about identity and race right now. And it's the colonial pipeline that gets hacked. And no doubt we will probably hear commentary about how this exposes the systemic racism within our current infrastructure plan because only rich people can afford the gouge prices. Right. But here's the problem is that only the rich people are going to be able to afford it on the black market, which is going to be worse. Yeah. So, so what you have is a total regressive when you, when you make the price too low. So it's like, it's like, um, housing price controls. What do you call it? Rent control. Yeah. As soon as you do that, only people who are super friendly with the landlord is going to get a place. Nobody's ever going to move out and it creates housing shortages. I remember, I believe it was Mayor Koch, Ed Koch, the mayor of New York had a rent controlled apartment. He was paying like 200 bucks for his super fancy apartment just because yeah. he was old. And and he's like, I'm never giving this up. I'd like to move to Connecticut, but I'm never giving this up. And then they go and sublet it at exorbitant prices. But you don't get any access to that unless you're connected. I mean, though, th- when you start putting regulations on markets, only people who are connected or super rich or both can have access to those. They increase it increases scarcity. Yeah, so they're going to rope that issue in. They're going to rope in climate change, the oil, the the wealth gap. And ultimately, they're making the public feel the pain of the current infrastructure system, the pains that it causes, so that they can further push Biden's new broadened smart infrastructure plan and have the public beg for it. When, of course, a smart infrastructure is going to be way more vulnerable to cyber attacks. Yeah. Right. So, yes, this is your classic. This meets the criteria of a false flag event or a manufactured Uh event because it serves the agenda so well. Absolutely. And the common theme that we've heard is another thing that's been in the news, along with Biden's infrastructure plan. Russia, Russia, Russia. They're trying to pin it on Russia. And you brought the story last week about the talk of a hot war with Russia. Yeah, because of what's happening in Ukraine. And this makes it look like we're the victims when, in fact, we're the aggressors in the Ukraine thing. And let's not forget what the hackers call themselves. They call themselves this. Mm -hmm. Dark side. Yeah. Which is almost the same name as a as the main big bad villain in the Snyder cut of the. Not the Avengers, but the other one. You guys know what I'm talking about. The comic Superman movie. And Superman fights Darkseid. It's a strange name, and they made a statement on their website saying they're not trying to hurt anybody. They just want money. Since when? Is this a new thing? Or maybe I just haven't recognized this, that criminals, I mean, they're being called a terrorist group. 
they publicly make their demands on their they official have a PR, website. PR position. Yeah, aren't they usually <laughs> hiding in the shadow? Are going to be bank robbers having their PR guy on their website make a statement? This is it seems odd to me. The whole thing does. Seems odd. I agree with you there. Yeah, you, 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 so, were, you were ahead of that yesterday. Yeah, good, I knew. Well, I, I, thank you. <laughs> I always look to whether the, if the crisis, I trace the crisis to the decision. Mm-hmm. Who actually made the decision? Was it taken out of their hands to dark side go in and blow up their transponders or whatever, you know, blow up their, or did they make a decision just like Texas? The, what those blackouts were the results of decisions. They were not results of frozen things. They were results of decisions. Yes. And just trace those decisions back. And if there's coincidences or coordination, if they're observing things, I mean, it's easy to, once you read between the lines, it's easy to see. But there's another thing that we didn't mention yesterday. Maybe I did, but that they there is all this talk about inflation. They're also giving us supply chain problems, supply issues all around, labor shortages. They're really doing something dramatic to us and our economy. I think there's probably several reasons for it. But the one big thing, first of all, with the kind of monetary policy we've experienced, $4 trillion deficits, totally monetized, Fiscal and monetary stimulus like mad, but the monetary part is the bigger element of it. That has to result in inflation. Prices have to go up when there is more money chasing the same amount of goods and there's actually less goods. So there's more money, less goods. That's when you get inflation. The magnitude of that impact is much, much greater than anything else that could possibly be affecting it. So every time you read an article that tries to explain why there's inflation, that is the number one reason is, as Milton Friedman would say, Inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. But you know it's a also, good show when we get a Milton Free- Freeman quote. I know. Milton Friedman, he's uh, free to choose. He's actually not libertarian enough for me, but <laughs> he's, he's pretty good. Like people call him a libertarian. I'm like, he's not libertarian. You know you're, you're talking to a libertarian when they're it's like, funny. yeah, good yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. Nobody else knows that. So... So the shortages, though, the labor, I think the labor shortages are about um, increasing the wages to the point where companies on the margin are more likely to adopt advanced tech that will make that unemployment systemic. Then you get the UBI. Then you get the kind of thing where the government is the government, the government connection to rich control all the production and you get paid like from everyone according to their ability to everyone, according to their need. It's that fascist socialist continuum that's coming down. And I'll tell yeah. you how Biden's encouraging that. If we're That makes me think of thing. that pizza commercial. Some of you guys might have seen it. They've been running it a lot lately. See their Pizza Hut or Domino's. I think it's Domino's. And it features the little self-driving robot car. So you don't have to have a delivery person. The little self-driving robot car pulls up in front of your house. You walk out, open up the thing, pull the pizza out, stick your money in. I don't know if you have to tip you can- it or not. Go back years ago, years before even, certainly before we had this show, but probably four or five years ago, I wrote on MonicaPerezShow.com articles about people didn't realize this, that Uber is going to be, Uber is there to usher in the era of self-driving. Now, this was like a code crack on my part at the time. Now it's easy to believe. And I also said they will start with food delivery. Because then there's no human beings who have to take the plunge of sitting in a driverless car. If they start with food delivery, then people get used to that. I'll just get in it, you know, free rides. Uh Yeah. So I I can tell you right now, 
That's going to be disgruntled former pizza delivery people who order pizza and sabotage those things. Not if they're getting the Ubi, the Stimmy checks, maybe they'll that's quit. True. They're that, going to quit. That's, so that's my next story. But first, I wanted to say about the gas shortage. When we were on Corbett last year, we identified what you and I have seen over and over again. COVID's not it. Like there are going to be multiple crises. And then the BLM thing started. And now we've got, okay, maybe these are ripple effects, but these are new crises. So, yes, crisis all around, stretching everything to its limits so they can transform everything. What's the guy's name? Chertoff? Michael Chertoff. He wants to fundamentally restructure the legal architecture via Congress. That's almost a direct quote from the second Department of Homeland Security head. Nice. And this is a guy who's who's a dual citizen with Israel. So if he's looking at at uh, wanting to move his one of his uh, the American culture over to that. And this is a guy, Department of Homeland Security secretary. Like this is a guy with power who who doesn't like our civil rights is what the way I would see it. So on the one hand, the fundamental restructuring of the legal architect. On the other hand, the fundamental restructuring of infrastructure is what this appears to be going to. So fundamentally restructuring everything. Yes. Yes, that's right. And so here's something that Biden and I I mean, it seems impossible to think this is going to go through because everyone knows how bad it is out there right now that the stimmy checks are keeping people from going back to work. And a question that I get asked over and over again is, oh, are the stimmy checks paying people or enhanced unemployment or whatever, is that paying people more than they were working at their jobs? Is that what's happening? That's not that's not enough. It's worse than that. So if you're getting six hundred dollars a month in stimmy checks a week in stimmy checks for a four hundred for 40 hours, that's like getting fifteen dollars an hour for a 40 hour job and not working. OK, if you or let's say it's four hundred, you're getting four hundred And you're not working. If you go to work for $15 an hour, you get $600 a week, but you're working 40 hours Uh and you stop getting that other 400. So, so you're then working for $5 an hour. And some people don't prefer to do that. They'll stay home. So even if the 600 is more than the 400, the 600 comes with 40 hours of work. What if you can do 400 and do black market labor for $7 an hour? So it really screws up the labor market. And when you put people at home, they're staying at home, you give enough money to stay at home, they need some way to fill their time and you can propagate them and get them to do vaccine promotions as citizen propagandist or contact tracers or and you make sure they get their pot you can lower their metabolism so they can sit around and do nothing for a long time but this is so at the same time you're getting the newspaper all the time saying every day yesterday and today for example but uh, everywhere that inflation part of the inflation the higher prices is that companies Mom and pops, restaurants, and every place has to pay more for labor because they are now competing with that stimmy floor. So they have to, be, you're not hearing any talk about minimum wages because yeah. this is a de facto minimum wage. So what happens? You have to start paying people literally 20 bucks an hour. Literally, I've got two emails that say I cannot hire someone for 20 bucks. An hour. One was from Texas. I can't yeah. hire someone for 20 bucks an hour, but here's the punchline. So what's happening? Labor prices are going up and the price of everything you buy goes up. So you, mm-hmm. you are now paying much more 
And if you're in the category where most of your income goes to buying the stuff that you need, inflation is regressive because rich people, most of it stays in the bank. So you got to pay a little more for food. You don't even notice it. That is why minimum wage is regressive Uh because it raises. So it's a backdoor to minimum wage, kind of, it sounds like. That, but I'm laying out the libertarian principle, yeah, which no, is... Yeah, it's interesting, because I, I heard stories of, the, of like pizza places raising their, their minimum wage because they couldn't compete. Right, and here, an argument, a discussion that people were having one year ago was a $15 minimum wage would just raise prices and screw the poor people anyway. Would you rather have your job at Walmart for $8 an hour and have everything at Walmart practically free, or would you rather have your job for $15 an hour and have the prices everywhere for everything double. You know, maybe it makes absolutely no difference to you, but maybe it makes a difference to you because you would rather just have everything practically free. And that's, and I'm just telling you, you can see 100% that when you raise the minimum wage, prices of everything go up. Yeah. (laughs) Period. You brought this, you talked about this months ago when they first started sending these checks out. You, like the first day, and this has really just now started to come into the mainstream news. But yeah, it, it, it gets totally predictable. Yeah. That's the problem is that the principles are there, the science or the social science or whatever is there. And the people like Biden or whoever, they, they are deliberately ignoring it and they count on, it's just like Irving Crystal, that's from the right, said economic matters and foreign policy. The American people know they know nothing and it is yep. the job of the political elite to shape their opinions. That guy was a piece of crap. I'm not left or right, but these things are predictable. They're principles. And and when you see him in action, you got to point him out. I completely agree. I want to jump to a story that's closely related to this. The idea of honeypots, of getting people who are out of work and getting paid to sit at home and turn themselves into citizen propagandists. There's a really interesting story that I came across where a, this guy, a couple of guys are out of work because of the pandemic. They're bored and they just want to do something productive, something meaningful to get in this fight against the misinformation, horrible things that they believe are going on. And what they did is they created a Facebook page where they use the honeypot technique to get a bunch of people who are vaccine hesitant or or as they call it, anti-vax. And they led all these people to believe that they could come into this group and openly discuss issues they've had with the vaccine or their vaccine hesitancy and share articles and talk about conspiracies and other things. They grew the group to thousands and thousands of people. And once it got big, the two guys who started the group started going in and commenting. Now, they're the moderators, so they can control everything that's going on in there. They start, quote, debunking and undermining and questioning all of the stuff that all of these people that they baited into coming into this group were putting out there. But that's not even, that's not the most interesting part of it. The most interesting part of it is that this group got banned from Facebook. So thousands of people in this group, the group gets banned. No doubt people who were in that group that were sharing the links are going to also get some sort of restriction on their Facebook account, maybe banned altogether. This is a regular old 100 Flowers campaign out of Mao's communist China. And these guys, I, I don't know if they knew it willingly, but but they performed that simply because they wanted to get in on the action and they had nothing else to do. Well, you have to explain if since it is Share the Show Tuesday, you might oh, the have one, new the listeners. The 100 Flowers yeah. campaign. Mm-hmm. 
Mao, the 100 Flowers campaign was during Mao's China, the Cultural Revolution. He, they said for 100 days, peop, the people can come forward and give their criticisms of the government and give their new ideas about the way things should change. So people came forward. After 100 days, they rounded up the people that came forward. They rounded up the people that criticized the government and so they took them to the gulags. Yeah, this we've seen this kind of thing happen over and over again. They ask you to raise your hand and then they chop it off. And we've done it ourselves. I believe the Hungarian Revolution was one of those. I think what happened to Iraq in the 90s, as Wesley Clark says, we, we told everybody to come out and fight. And then we let Saddam Hussein kill anybody who might be there to fight when we went to invade the country. So that's why they didn't have as good a resistance as they otherwise would have. It's a very scary thing. And it and you can see it other examples of this all the time. Yes, you can. Before we get to our final story of the Free 30, we're going to talk about what could be worse than Bill Cosby retweeting Louis Farrakhan. Liz Cheney just got the Razzie of supporters tell you who that is in the last story of the Free 30. My favorite story of the day, hands down, by the way. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about what's going to be in the Patron 15, which is we're going to talk about what the heck hashtag Vaxborging is. Let's ask Monica since she invented the term and she will help us understand what that is. And we try to again reveal the crypto psyop courtesy of Elon Musk and SNL and perhaps Dogecoin. We will see. And of course, a big thanks to our sponsor of today's show. We are excited to bring this extended shout out to you from Molly. She's a patron saint and a big fan of the show, and she has a very important message she'd like to get out there. Molly wants people to know that there's a toxic heavy metal called gadolinium in the contrast injection you get when you get an MRI. And some people have a devastating reaction to it. You can find out more about that by looking into the experience of Chuck Norris and his wife, Gina, who, like Molly, are trying to raise awareness of the serious issue. Gadolinium is a rare earth mineral that's not found isolated in nature. Yet because of MRIs, it's now in our environment and can accumulate in our bodies. The long-term effects of using this heavy metal in the millions of MRIs that are done every year are not yet known. Molly just wants people to know the risks involved in getting this injection and to learn more about the possible impact this practice may have on us all. Knowledge is power. So learn more about gadolinium in MRIs at Molly's website, www.mridie.com. That's www.mridie.com. And if you haven't yet, please consider joining the Propaganda Report patron. This is how we fund the show, how we grow the community. I told you about the true sponge level yesterday. Today, I want you to check out the higher tiers that we have. With each higher tier comes another layer of live interactive events from Monica and I, as well as other patrons in your tier. For example, you can get access to our first Friday disappearing patron parties where we throw back a few drinks, let our hair down, and really there's no telling what might happen in those parties. Or you get access to our VIP disappearing patron parties or our patron Zoom parties, which we have one coming up this coming weekend, Sunday, May 16th. So that might be a one to consider. We're going to be doing subject matter focused talks where this weekend we're going to be talking about natural health and how to become independently healthy. And we also offer live on air shout outs at our premium levels as well. And Monica, I believe you said that we do have an offer for some some merch. Yes. So if you are interested, especially in that Zoom party, it's just for patron saints because it's pretty small and we have to keep 
keep it that way because everybody's on screen. So, but if you, this would be a good time to become a patron saint this week because we do have a Zoom party like that coming up on May 16th. That's this Sunday. And also I have for a limited time some swag. So one of the awesome coffee mugs or a logo tee and people love it and we send it right out, but my supplies are getting low. So sign up for patron saints yeah. and I mean, I don't even have it. I don't even think I have it on Patreon anymore. Maybe it's still there, but it's going to expire soon. You are not going to find a better mug or a better T-shirt <laughs> in, in the podcasting People look forward to world. coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it does. That I get bummed out when my propaganda <laughs> report too. mug is in the dishwasher. I'm like, oh, I got to use one of these other, one of these you know, lame cups. Yes, yes, yes. So, so here's what you do. Go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Browse the tiers. Find the one that's right for you. Give it a try for a month and you might you might like it. All right. With that said, now on to the final story of the Free 30. So Liz Cheney's getting, she's under attack, they say, by the Republicans because of some of her positions, specifically on the Maricopa County audit and Trump and everything. And the Democrats say she's under attack. Well, even if she is exiled from the Republican Party, she does. She has won the favor of a new supporter. And that new supporter is O.J. Simpson, who tweeted out a video <laughs> expressing his support of the Republican congresswoman, which I'm sure so she great. was thrilled to get the endorsement of O.J., and here's what he said in his two-minute video. So I, I encourage everybody to watch it. Now, maybe we shouldn't drive traffic to OJ's page, but if we're going to have chaos, let's, let's embrace the chaos a little and at least enjoy some of this nonsense. OJ said that Liz Cheney stands up for the truth. He said the Republican Party is full of lies and disinformation, and she stands up for the truth <laughs> in the face of their lies. He admires her. He says he's a fan of her, and then he closes out his Twitter video by telling his audience to go get their shots, and then he says, God bless you. And he did open up the video by giving his commentary on that horse that just got suspended after testing positive for performance Kentucky Derby winner. Yeah, the Kentucky Derby winner. OJ's turning into a regular Twitter pundit. It's super effed up. Like, we should not. It really is. Even. And it, it's crazy how powerful that actually is because he can actually discredit anything he wants a little bit yeah. simply by coming out in support of it. Yeah, he's a taint agent. Total taint agent. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, we have some shout outs and some thank yous going on. So I'll, I'll lay those on you. First of all, we have a slew of new patrons. I'll thank a few of them for joining right now. Steve, Scott, Jeff, Eric, and Kylie. Thank you so much for your support for come before becoming patrons. And then I have a shout out. Oh, that's another thing. If you are interested in becoming a patron saint, you got a shout out. Uh, it is from Cody, who we had the pleasure of meeting at Neighbors last month. That was a super fun meetup. So here's really a really nice shout out. Listen up. Cody says, I would like to give a shout out to my 17-year-old son, Paul. Paul is an artist, very creative, and has unique views about life. For 10 years, I've been trying to unbrainwash myself to see truth. Every time I think I have succeeded, I get a reminder from an unexpected place that I am not done. My son's birthday was just last week. I had been asking him what he wanted for his birthday. He said he didn't need anything. When I got home from work that Thursday, he presented me with a gift on his birthday. 
a brand new set of Raycon earbuds for listening to the Propaganda Report while cooking supper. Yes, he does listen to the Propaganda Report while cooking supper. I know that about Cody. This scrambled my brain. Why did you do this? I asked. He said, I just wanted to get you something on my birthday. Is it so weird that your expression on your birthday, a celebration of making it to an older age, might be gratitude towards others around you? My scrambled brain now has a different idea of what birthday should be. Giving instead of receiving. Love you, Paul. It's such a great idea that a birthday mm-hmm. could be a, a um, an opportunity for gratitude. And Paul's 17. Is that what he said? Yes. What a yes. wise young man. And I'll, I'll say this. Yes. Paul, he's an artist. Is that right? Yes. Go, we, as an artist... I would focus on finding how to turn that into a business because people who go into the art world, it's not that you can't succeed in it. It's just that most people aren't business minded and they never learned how to turn it into a business. I'm all for it, Paul. What a great gift. What a great creative idea. Yes. And and I just I love it. It almost feels like it comes from a totally foreign culture that that's what you would do. Yeah, that's really I wouldn't be surprised if it exists somewhere where you thank your mom like you're the one who should be grateful. Right. I mean, she's the one that was really suffering on your birthday, going yeah, through the pain, you not, not you. We don't Someday I'll it. tell you the story of my my unlikely birth. They had to make the call, save the mom or the baby. You want me to tell you on the patron 15 yeah, when they decided? Yeah, that would be interesting. Yes. So we both survived, but I'll tell you which, who, what call, what call was made? Who did yeah, they decide wow, to save? Wow, what a I'll, tease. I'll tell you on the patron 15. All right. You guys can find your your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform or the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that I was telling you about, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report and become a patron. We will talk to you all tomorrow or in the patron 15. Have a great share the show Tuesday.